It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball. We're back at it again in another edition of Big Time Baseball. Let's, let's call it the, the, the Big Three edition. Tony Gwynn Jr., John Heyman, Cody Decker here, talking about everything going around baseball, and there is a lot to get to. We'll get to uh, some of the teams who are on the hottest start here in a sec, but I think we got to start with the news that came down on Friday. Trevor Bauer, two-year suspension, basically. He will appeal. And, John, I'll start with you because uh, you're our insider. Uh, clearly, Major League Baseball did their uh, investigation, um, and although you know the L.A. court district decided not to, to proceed with this, uh, it, it sounds like the the evidence that the MLB found was warranted of a two-year suspension. Well, they, they certainly thought so. I mean, obviously, they did a very long investigation, um, nearly a year's worth of work. Uh, we know now uh, via the Washington Post there are three women making accusations. And w- what we know from those accusations is that um, he is accused of doing something uh, reprehensible, awful, um, just a terrible, terrible thing that he's accused of doing. And uh, as we know, baseball has suspended uh, people before, many players before, who were not criminally convicted. Hector Oliveira was criminally convicted. Uh, most, a, lo- a vast majority of the players were not. And uh, MLB made deals with the union in all the other cases. In this case, uh, Trevor Bauer is going to fight it. Um, and I understand that. Um, does seem like a severe suspension. I wrote in the New York Post that I agreed that, that they did the right thing. I don't know all of the particulars. What we know is absolutely heinous, or what he's accused of, absolutely terrible. And I think MLB was in a position that they needed to do something strong. Now, they understood going in that it's going to play out in a hearing room and an arbitrator will decide what his penalty is, whether he decides to keep this two-year suspension, lower it, or just do away with it completely, and MLB got that, but they felt they needed to do this at this time. Um, He could have taken less um, in terms of if he had agreed, if he had signed off on it, 
he would have gotten time served for those 99 games that he's missed and only had 220, only, I say, 225 days to go. But he feels that he deserves no penalty. So uh, they obviously could not make a deal. And I'm in, in agreement with MLB in doing something very strong at this moment. But I think they understand that based on the precedent, the fact that Dyson uh, got the year suspension, which was the longest anyone's gotten, uh, that there is a reasonable chance that it will be lowered somewhat. I don't think it will be gotten away with, but I think it, w- it could be lowered somewhat. Cody, it's I think it's important to note that he's not exactly denying at least the latest uh, story that's popped up. He's not exactly denying uh, the, the situation, more so saying it was a consensual thing. I mean, for a lot of people, this seems a little harsh when you when you consider that our own uh, our own criminal system decided not to proceed in charges, but clearly Major League Baseball doesn't really hold tight to what our criminal system is doing. No, in fact, I even asked John earlier on in the year on another episode of Big Time Baseball that doesn't this absolutely fall under the domestic violence policy? In fact, shouldn't he be getting a two-year suspension? And John actually said that is it's on the table, but we don't know what it's going to look like. And obviously, Major League Baseball went with the harshest possible punishment. And John, I'll even quote your own tweet that you put out and your story where you say that no one's shedding a tear. I mean... He's not exactly helped himself out in the court of public opinion and throughout Major League Baseball in that the Dodgers clearly not having an issue with this. In fact, it seems as though the Dodgers are borderline celebrating this. Major League Baseball definitely did the Dodgers a favor. At least that's what it seems like. And as you mentioned, Cody, uh, Trevor really hasn't done himself any favors. I mean, the day the news story comes out or the day his suspension is out, I think on his own website he was selling T-shirts saying uh, bring Bauer back. So. It's 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 certainly optically not a good look, but you know that's the way he, he's chosen to go about it. Let's move off of the Trevor Bauer suspension and into some actual baseball. Now, uh, coming into the year, I think all three of us thought the New York teams should be pretty good. The two, the one LA team should be good, but there's two LA teams that are pretty good: the Anaheim Angels, uh, who I thought had a chance to be good. Will it be able to sustain? We'll get to that in a second, but. Where are we at in terms of the two L.A. teams, two New York teams leading the way in each of their divisions? Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm not shocked at all, certainly, about the other teams. The Angels, give them credit. I did not expect them to be in first place at this point. Um, and Taylor Ward has been fantastic. You, you knew about Adele. You knew about Marsh. Um, you knew about many of their other young players. But, I mean, Taylor Ward, to have that kind of an OPS better than Trout at this moment as we do this, uh, Trout does qualify and is leading the lead, but uh, um, uh, really they've done a great job. Uh, you know, Syndergaard has generally pitched well for them. Uh, Sandoval has really come on, a young pitcher. So, you know, the Angels can develop pitchers. It is possible. And, uh, you know, I, I do think at this moment that it's not completely a fluke and that they're a better team than uh, we gave them credit for. And I, I do see them at least as a, a very strong playoff threat uh, at this moment. And we know we know that they have Otani and Trout, who I think, I mean, I don't know if it's arguable. I mean, to me, they're the two best players in the game. I don't, I don't know whether you uh, possibly disagree with that or not, uh, uh, Cody, but I mean, I'd I rank them the two best players in the game. They are just unbelievable. I can't get enough of Mike Trout. I've never been quiet that Mike Trout is the greatest player possibly who <laughs> ever lived. I mean, he's just... <laughs> 
the guy is superhuman. And what Otani has been doing for the last year and a half is also superhuman, just simply unfathomable how he's uh, performed over this last year and a half. But there is something that does, once again, concern me about the Angels. I love the hot start that they went off on. I really do like this team. I am desperate to see this team absolutely compete in the AL West. But watching Otani leave that game early yesterday immediately mm. scared me immediately yeah, yeah. because they didn't just lose their DH. They lost their ace pitcher too. And I understand that we don't know the severity of the injury. Hopefully it's nothing major, but going into this year, I can't get out of the back of my head that we've only gotten one full healthy season of Shohei Otani. And I want him to stay healthy because I, as a baseball fan, seeing what he can do is just magical. But I'm having a little bit of trouble, you know, buying into the fact that he can stay healthy for another 162 games at the level that he's been playing at. And yesterday watching come out of the game made me think, uh oh, is it finally coming back to reality yeah. for the Angels? Yeah, Cody. Yeah, listen, that is that is a fair point, because that has been my hesitation all along, is that can the human body put up with doing all that he's doing at the level that he's doing it at without starting to break down. And we don't know if this is the beginning of that or if this is a continuation from the first couple of years. We'll find out as this season goes. But all along, doing both, I mean, we have guys who can't do one side of the field and stay healthy for a whole amount of time, let alone be dependent on to do both. We'll see We'll see how it unfolds. Certainly in terms of the Angels, the other thing I, I, I'm worried about is you, you mentioned Otani going out. He hadn't even pitched that great to start the season. His ERA is up over four. And you look down that pitching staff, not a whole lot there other than, than Michael Lorenzen. I mean, he's been the, the best pitcher on the staff to start the season. Um, I don't know if, if that is a, 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 a formula to win that division moving forward. But certainly it is nice to see the Angels off to a good start. If, if I had to corner you, though, Cody, uh, Mariners, Astros, Angels, who, who do you think ends up running, making a run at this division? I know I might be just doing this because I made the pick at plus 450 to start the year, but man, I love the Mariners. I really do. Yeah. I love this Mariners team, man. They are young, dynamic. They do everything right. They paid some great picks up, pickups this offseason, even if some of them haven't put, been, uh, panned out thus far. Jesse Winker hasn't gotten yeah. going, though. Uh, Frazier was a great pickup. Obviously, Robbie Ray, defending Cy Young Award winner. I love this Mariners team, but I think a part of me, and I will admit this, I think there is a serious part of me that is just a little kid playing Ken Griffey Jr.'s slugfest and with the Mariners and just <laughs> wishing that this is that team. So I, I don't know. I think if you grew up in the 90s, you are automatically a Mariners fan and you're just inclined to root for the Mariners. And I am a kid that grew up in the 90s and I'm inclined to root for the Mariners. Go Mariners. I would love this team. I hope they win the division. Oh, Cody, I, John, what do you I, think? Love, I love I love your enthusiasm, Cody. You, you are a child, though. Uh, no, no way. <laughs> he likes to be insulted. You know, I like that about Cody. No one likes to be insulted more than Brian Kenny, but Cody's right up there. Um, you know, I, the, Mariner, the Mariners have a good team, and, of course, I'm known as the greatest Mariner detractor. I still have them making the playoffs or had them making the playoffs in my original picks, and I'll stick with that. But, I mean, the Astros – you know, once they get McCullers back, Verlander's been fantastic. They have good young pitching. Still have a really good lineup. Pena looks good. Maybe he's not Correa, but, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, the Astros, they're the favorite. You know, I, I like the fact you picked these uh, these long shots, Cody, but uh, you're going to be wrong here. I don't think I'm going to be no. wrong, John. Let's see at no, the end yeah, of the year. Uh, Save the I tape. have to say, 
I have to say, uh, I don't think the Mariners is that far off. I, I've I've been following the Astros a lot this year, and Pena is a is a terrific player. But I just, I like the way that the Mariners are put together. You got a, a team of, of different types of hitters throughout that lineup, led by really Ty France, who's leading the way offensively for them. Go, uh, guy. Take for life. Guy. my guy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> indeed. But but certainly, I think that division is certainly going to be one to watch down the stretch. Uh, John, I want to go to you in the NL. It's start with the AL East because mm-hmm. uh, the Yankees, Blue Jays got a big series coming up here uh, starting this week. And, um, you know, the Yankees, they've won what, eight, nine straight now, and Blue Jays mm-hmm. are uh, just behind them. What have you seen from the Yankees early on, aside from Judge? Because obviously he's doing his thing that, you know, makes you feel like the Yankees could be a team uh, that runs away with the East. Well, the bullpen has been fantastic for the Yankees. Obviously, Cole's on his game. And right now, Rizzo and Judge are uh, tremendous. And and the way the offenses are going in baseball with 231 average for the major leagues, um, you don't need more than two or three guys to really go go crazy. Rizzo, nine home runs. Judge with an OPS over 1,000 at this point. Uh, two MVP candidates, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, I mean, they're they're playing great baseball. I mean, one caveat would be they played a lot of games against the Orioles and the Royals and uh, the Indians. Uh, sorry, the Guardians. They're doing it again. We're already a month into the season. Uh, you know, they play against they played against teams we we expect them to beat, but uh, they're destroying them. They're really destroying. They have a plus forty one run differential right now. Nine in a row wins, as you mentioned. Um, you know, they're, they're impressive. You know, and. Uh, I got to give them credit at this point. I did not think they would be this good. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, listen, uh, the Yankees, Blue Jays uh, are going to be two teams to watch. I I thought that move to bring Josh Donaldson over uh, would be a big help. It hasn't showed up yet, but I think down the stretch he's going to be big for them. Cody, let's go to to the West Coast. Uh, Let's talk about the toughest division in all of baseball. Uh, the National League West. You got the Giants. You got the Padres. You got the obviously you got the Dodgers. And oh, all the way. Oh, by the way, the Rockies all of a sudden playing some decent baseball. I mean, listen and and listen with the Padres. They're doing it without Fernando Tatis Jr. They've been able to to win a lot of ball games here early without one of their best players. Um, how much credit? And I guess I should start first on this. Bob Melvin deserves a whole lot of credit for the way things have been handled uh, with the Padres with Fernando Tatis Jr. Going out the first day. Um, he has been a, a steady voice and a calming presence uh, amongst these players. And has really focused them on doing a lot of the little things that you just haven't seen from this team. They move runners. They have these long at bats that stretch starters out. Uh, and then somebody different is seemingly coming up with a big hit every night. Uh, and that's to go along with a Manny Machado who's playing like an MVP as well as Eric Hosmer, who's having a, a terrific start to the season. How much, how much have you liked from this Padre squad, Cody? There has been very little. I haven't liked from this Padre squad. You just hit the nail on the head about Manny Machado. Yeah. He looks like an absolute MVP right now, killing everybody. Eric Hosmer, man, what a month from him. I hope he maintains this. Cause if you remember last year when we were doing big Me time too. baseball, we were talking about Eric Hosmer in April last year, exactly the same way. Cause he went off to a hot start and then everything completely sputtered out. I'm hoping he can continue this because the Padres need him, especially right now without Fernando Tatis jr. Their pitching has looked great. Joe Musgrove, I just can't get enough of him. I truly think he is the best arm in that starting rotation. Um, but no doubt. 
but Melvin, man, I mean, asking you, look, look, Tony, as an ex-player, myself an ex-player too, how much do you want to play for this guy? Listen, the, the thing I, I've enjoyed personally about him is, is he holds no punches. But at the same time, he does a really good job of, of letting his players know without actually having to say so that he has their back. Just little things that he does throughout the course of the year so far have, have I think, Built a whole. I mean, he had a ton of credibility coming into the situation. He's a two-time manager of the year, but some of the the little things that he does dealing with the media, uh, I think the guys recognize that he has their back and they want to go play hard for him. And plus, I mean, he's like I said, he's a two-time manager of the year. Uh, I, I think guys will listen, John. I mean, I, I don't know how much you've gotten a chance to see uh, this Padre ball club. Uh, they're they're a pretty good team. Oh, they're, they're outstanding. And, and we thought they were outstanding last year. I mean, Tony, uh, you and I have talked about this many times on these podcasts about how they've under, they underachieved like nobody's business last year. I mean, they're, they were historic underachievers last year. So I think any manager you brought in here w- would have had a better year than what they had last year. But obviously, Bob Melvin's one of the best in the game. We know that. Um, to do this now without Tatis, and to have Snell miss time and, and Clevenger miss time, uh, it's it's impressive. Take your hats off to them. They've done a nice job. Hosmer, as you mentioned, I believe Cody mentioned that, uh, has been terrific. Uh, that was fortunate that they didn't trade him. Obviously, they tried hard. But, uh, I mean, this is an excellent team. And, you know, I know I'm on here as the lone East Coast guy. Uh, and you guys uh, <laughs> know that the best is the West is the best. And I, I don't disagree with that. I'm, I'm living on the East Coast. But uh, that division is the best. And there's no question about it. you got a team 13-9, and nine, Colorado, in fourth place. They'd be tied for first in the uh, in the AL Central. And, uh, you know, that, that division is going to be interesting to keep an eye on all year. I had such a tough, tough call between the Padres and Giants as my final sixth playoff team. And uh, I hated to do it, but I, I picked against the Giants because uh, NL, you've got eight really good teams. It's, it's, yeah, you know, it's hard to know which way it's going right now. The Braves are underachieving, but uh, right now, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I made the right call, but I, I had the Padres in the playoffs. I'm always, I'm always regretting. I'm always. Hey, I tell you what, the Padres may have the best problem in all of ba- all the big leagues, and that's that they may have too much starting pitching. As Clevenger comes off the IL, as Snell comes off the IL here, probably in the next few days, uh, you're going to have too many pitchers. Mackenzie Gore has pitched terrific in his three outings so far. This season, so I mean, it's likely he's the one to be good. But then you have a guy like Nick Martinez who's held down the fifth spot in that rotation. Again, it's a good problem to have, but nevertheless, it's a problem that they're going to have to fix. Uh, we talked about the the Yankees, but we can't not talk about the Mets and Dodgers. We'll start with the Mets, John. Um, clearly, uh, this team is playing up to the potential that I think a lot of us thought they had last year. The starting pitching has been terrific, but more importantly, the offense has actually scored some runs from this. Francisco Lindor seems to be uh, comfortable now. He seems to be at home now in this place uh, in New York, and uh, they're off to a terrific start as well. Won their first seven series of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, Tony, uh, you, you hit on it. Uh, Lindor is comfortable. Uh, it reminds me of Beltron. Beltron was not himself his first year in New York after signing a $120 million deal. And remember that? Remember we thought that was a big deal back then when he signed it in 2005? Of $120 million, <laughs> yeah, that's jump change now. And $341 million is a big deal and certainly affected Lindor last year. He was basically very good defensively as he's going to be and he was basically an average offensive player last year and that's not him so uh that's a big change they are hitting in the clutch um obviously money matters uh they went out and got buck showalter that matters too um he has set the tone but i mean it's a different mets team uh where money is no object i mean look they they dfa'd robinson cano today with close to $40 million to go. They're just going to eat that. would have been very easy just to demote Guillaume or J.D. Davis. Um, but they they said, you know what, Guillaume and J.D. Davis fit our roster better right now than Cano does, and we'll, we'll eat the $40 million or close to $40 million. No big deal. I don't think I've ever seen a team do that when you have the option of just optioning, no pun intended, somebody out for a couple weeks and giving him a little more chance because Cano did look okay in spring training. He hasn't been that terrible. Um, is he an, is he his old self? No, he's not. Is he a good defender at this point? Not great. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just surprising to see a team eat forty million uh, for a guy uh, like Robinson Cano. So I mean, certainly the money is a big factor. They've got a two hundred ninety million dollar payroll, but uh, it's more than that. They are together as a team, and Buck Showalter is a big part of that. Cody, uh, the Dodgers. We we talked a lot about the NL West. We talked about the the Padres. We talked about the Giants and Rockies a little bit, but the Dodgers still seem to be the uh, cream of the crop here at the top of not only the National League West, but you could argue in all of baseball. Um. Is it me, or do they look bored beating the hell out of every team they're playing? It, I've never seen a team look so unimpressed with themselves, themselves. As, they, yeah, as they beat the hell out of everyone they see. Like, it's nothing. Like, they need an actual ch- – I need to see another game series against the Giants, Padres, or Mets, because right now it seems as though no one's even on the same level as this team, and they're not even playing their best baseball at the moment, and they still don't even have all of their pieces together. I think their their starting pitching staff has been really good. I mean, Clayton Kershaw I, – I would. I mean, I think we all know Clayton Kershaw is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but were you expecting to see him come out of the gate the way he has? Walker no. Mueller yesterday had 60 pitches by the third and still threw a gem. Like, this team – Team can underperform and win 110 games. It's unbelievable how good they are. You know, what's, what's been fun for me watching the Padres is they're in like their third stage, third year of trying to execute this offensive game plan. What's what what you said about the Dodgers being like almost as interested in themselves as they play is their formula is the same, and they have been executing it now. I don't know five six years with pretty much the same core uh, throughout that time. And they've added, obviously, some new pieces here and there, but it's the same attack plan. And it is boring, I bet you, for them, right? Because they wear you down, they foul off a ton of pitches, and when you're in the middle of the plate, it's almost, they don't miss. They, they, they get you every time. And i got to understand, after doing this for five, six years, how it could be a little bit bored. But nevertheless, that team is, is still as good as they've always been. Um, you know, we, we haven't showed the NL Central very much love. 
Um, and there's a good reason why they, they only have really two teams. That, <laughs> there's, there's only two teams but, 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 in, in that division in, in the Brewers and Cards. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, you're right. You, you, the, a, the NL Central, you know, we talked about the a, NL West being the best division in baseball. It is. And the numbers don't lie. We, we mentioned every team that was in that division. We didn't even mention the Diamondbacks. By the way, the Diamondbacks, who we are all in agreement, is the worst team in that division by far. They have the same record as the defending World Series champion Atlanta Braves at 10 and 13. They're the only division yeah. in baseball right now where everybody is in double-digit wins. I mean, no one has that. Not even the mighty AL East has that. That's how <laughs> good you. the I NL West you. is. Yeah, yeah. That was a shot at you, John. I got it. that was a shot at me, right? <laughs> All right, listen, we, we got okay. We talked enough about the East, AL East, NL West, and you're right. Right. Shoot, I mean the 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 the, the, the Diamondbacks got they got a guy in in Bumgarner and Merrill Kelly pitching some of their best baseball that, as as they've if they've pitched in, in some time. But I want to talk about the Central a little bit. Brewers kind of leading the way there. I think we all expect the Cardinals to pick it up. They're too talented of a roster not to, but how good can this Brewers team be right now? Because they're playing some good baseball. They have the pitching. Will the offense show up, John? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure the offense is going to show up, but they're going to be really good. I mean, when you've got Lauer and Hauser at the back, uh, and they're doing pitching like they're pitching, you've got Peralta as your number three starter. I mean, you've got to be one of the better number three starters in baseball. you got a one-two punch of Burns and Woodruff. Got to be one of the best, I mean, in, in baseball, if not the best. Uh, I mean, their rotation uh, at full strength, and it is at full strength, is the best in baseball, top to bottom. There's no question about it. You got Hader locking things down. He's probably the best closer in the game. I, I don't know, Liam Hendricks is struggling a bit at this moment, so I'm going to say Hader is the top closer. The bullpen is very, very good. I, I'm not sure they need an offense. You can win with half of a, a, a great half of a team. We saw that and this is before your you guys' time, as you guys are much younger than I am, but when Cincinnati Reds won, they won with a great offense and, you know, basically average pitching. It can be done, and, uh, you know, they're going to coast, I think. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals are good. They're a very good team. They certainly have a, a great outfield. I think you mentioned that, Cody, last week, that they may be the best outfield in the game and certainly Easy. have a great third baseman and a great first baseman who really hasn't gotten going yet. Um, terrific team. Uh, so, I mean, that is, you're right, it's a two-team uh, division, uh, and clearly, but the Brewers are outstanding from the pitching standpoint, and uh, to me, it's a disappointment they haven't gone further in the playoffs with that with that pitching staff, because people say ah. the pitching staff is the key. They say it's the key might, forever. It's not. It's not. Let me be the first. Let me be the first. It's not the key, because the Atlanta Braves would have won more than one World Series in that time. Now, they won last year as well, but that group... You know, that pitching is everything. It's not. It's a full game. It's half the game. It's like it should be. I've never been I'll say this, John. <laughs> I'll say this, John. Maybe, maybe the offense is actually the thing then because they've been – they've had good pitch in the last couple of years. Same result. Maybe the offense needs to kind of pick it up before we go. Cody, uh, what do you think? The Brewers, can they can – they, how potentially dangerous can this team be? 
very dangerous all throughout the season, and then they're going to be a victim of their own dominance because they're in a terrible, <laughs> terrible division. And they're going to win. Yeah. They're going to win like ninety-eight games, but in actuality, they're really an eighty-seven-win team. Their their offense is ancient, and they're going to run into a buzzsaw like the Dodgers or the Mets or the Braves or maybe if the Phillies get it going or hell, the Marlins are off to an incredible start. They're not going to make the playoffs, but even they would probably give them a hell of a run for their money in the playoffs. October, it's like clockwork. They'll be knocked out in the first round. I'm sorry. Pitching ain't the key. We're with, I'm with you. Key. I'm with you. It's not everything. You guys are no. two hitters, and you know that hitting is half the game. And, uh, and, and But in the playoffs, people always say, oh, they got this great pitching, and they're going to win. I, you, I wouldn't assume that. You guys are correct. The Dodgers and the Mets have better rounded teams and, you know, in a, in a, in a matchup, they, they will have a slight edge probably on the Brewers going in. We'll see. But the Brewers do have that great pitching, and they will coast in that division. St. Louis will get in the playoffs, but uh, a little behind Milwaukee. And, and listen, when we're talking hitting, we're not talking about just outslugging somebody. Come playoff time, you have to be able to manufacture right. runs in other ways than the home run. And I haven't seen the Brewers really be able to do that in any of the playoff runs uh, that they've had. Uh, lastly, before we get out of here, I know it's early and this is really not my favorite thing to do, but it's kind of, you know, the show kind of calls for it. MVP, early season MVP, share your top five. We'll start with you, Cody, go. Nolan Arenado has been phenomenal to start this year, and I don't know what it is about the St. Louis Cardinals just quietly winning ball games and no one talking about the stars that are on that team, but Nolan Arenado has been really on the map and helping that team just blow through, uh, especially teams in that division. Not to mention, listen, I know that it's kind of cheating, but Freddie Freeman is just a shot in the arm in Los Angeles. He, it's just exciting watching there and seeing how the fans are reacting to Freddie Freeman. Yeah, yeah. I mean. He, they have already crowned this man the king of Los Angeles, and they he hasn't even gotten off to the start that he should start with, but he's looking great, and I love him in that Dodger uniform. Manny Machado, man, what a start to the year right now. He might be my future play for the future market on the MVP market. He is absolutely killing it. Aaron Judge, if it weren't for Aaron Judge, the Yankees, we would not be talking about the Yankees the way we are at this exact moment. We'd be talking about them the way we were the first week of the season, and everybody would be yelling about Garrett Cole and Chapman. But thank God for Aaron Judge. And my last one, listen, Mike Trout, I know it's cheating because he's the greatest player who ever lived, but you can't sit here and pretend that Mike Trout's OPS isn't through the roof and that the Angels are playing out of their mind, mainly because Mike Trout's healthy and playing out of his mind. Those are my five MVPs right now, and I'm sure it's going to change next week, and none of these five will be on my list. That's because <laughs> it's an early MVP, and it makes no sense to do it. But here we are again doing it, John. Give me your top five. Yeah, no, I'm not sure none of these five, because those are pretty darn good players. You went three out of five, uh, Cody, not bad. Uh, the greatest player, as you anointed him, Mike Trout, is my number one at this moment. Of course, I picked him for MVP. I didn't go out on a limb, as usual. I, I don't want to be wrong. So I've got Trout. I've got Arenado, second. Uh, fantastic. Machado, third. Also fantastic. I flipped a coin with Rizzo and Judge, so, you know, you got three and a half, really. I gave it to Rizzo with the nine home runs. And I have Jose Ramirez. I mean, to have 28 RBIs and be on the Guardians, that's not easy. Uh, so I give it to those five guys. I would have liked to have included Scherzer and Gosman, but I'm, I'm, you know, at this point, we're anti-pitcher on the show at the moment. So we're going to go with the five hitters. That's my five. Yeah, take yeah, that, I, pitcher. I don't, I, 
I don't do I don't do MVPs for pitchers. I refuse to do hand that <laughs> over unless you are having an iconic season like Degrom was on his way to having before he got her injured. That would have been different. Uh, here are my five. Uh, I'm gonna start with the two Padres. Eric Hosmer having a terrific season, and then Machado. Machado's led the way. Uh, he this is the best version I think San Diego has seen of him, uh, especially this early. He's a notoriously slow starter. Not so much this year, and it was so needed with Fernando Tatis Jr. missing time. Uh, Nolan Arenado is having a unbelievable start to the season. He seems like he's finally like comfortable in his surroundings. Um, you gotta like you know what they're doing. And, and Cody, you're right. We often oftentimes overlook the stars over there because I think it's the way the Cardinals have always played baseball, right? It's like this team oriented thing. No major major stars. Uh, but he should, certainly deserves our our, our, our eyes and, and attention, the way uh, Arenado's play. I give you two American leagues. Yes, the greatest player who's ever lived, as you guys have both said, Mike Trout, uh, OPS around 1.287, right, or 4.7 right now. This guy is hitting everything, and he's getting on base at an extremely high click. And here's a new one right here. And this guy, I think, if he stays healthy, he's going to be in the conversation for an MVP when it's all said and done. It's Byron Buxton. This dude is out yeah. here and yeah. missed a little bit of time early, but he's come back after a scare of the knee injury, seven homers, 12 RBIs, OPS over a thousand. I think this dude has the potential, potential to take a, an MVP crown away from the likes of uh, the greatest player ever in Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. So keep an eye on, on all five or all 15 of those guys. All Most of us had the same three though. I think all of us had yeah. uh, Machado, Arenado uh, and Trout, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, um, that's uh, that that is pretty much as good of a list as you're going to get in terms of, of this league. Let's uh, get up out of here. That's going to do it for this uh, episode of Big Time Baseball. Tony Gwynn Jr., John Heyman, Cody Decker. Cody, where can I catch you? At Decker Six on Twitter and Anti Hero Baseball on Instagram. Check out all the shows I'm doing here for Odyssey. John, where can we find you? Yeah, first of all, good job on Buxton. Uh, that was an omission by me. Good, good work on that, and good job running this three man weave here. I, I gotta appreciate that. Uh, I'm at, of course, at John Heyman on Twitter. That's uh, that's my main gig, unpaid as it is. Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, and the New York Post, a columnist and an MLB Network, and on Odyssey shows as well. Yeah, you can catch me at Tony Gwynn Jr. You can catch me on IG at Tony underscore Gwynn Jr. Also, catch me on All Things Padres, the Padres radio broadcast. You can catch me on uh, Monday through Friday on my radio show, Gwynn and Chris on 97.3 The Fan. Until next time, we'll see you next week on another edition of Big Time Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.